not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast, the podcast where we get real about all our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. And with me, as always, is my co-host and news anchor, Sam. You know what I've realised when we introduce an episode, and I thought about this today on the way to work, we always introduce each other, but never ourselves. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) we do, and then, like... Other times we don't. Like, when we first started the podcast, we did. We introduced ourselves, but I think it's just lately we just introduced the other person. <laughs> yeah, I was test listening to one of the podcasts in my car on the way to work this morning, and I was like, hang on, I didn't say my name. And then I went back to another episode, and I was like, hang on, Chris didn't say his name. And I was like, <laughs> it's like you always have to tune into the next week to find out who's who. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Get Real. <laughs> we only we only have names in every other episode. Yeah, that's that's how we get you. You have to listen to two episodes to <laughs> find out suspense. all of our names. So, <laughs> anyway, Chris, it's been anyway. a bit of a lackluster week of releases, hasn't it? So, well, yeah, pandemic's still going on. Still, going the only strong. thing. I've released is a lot of my hair. I don't know if you could tell by the audio, but because <laughs> we said this last episode, I can't. Do I hear, sound different with a haircut? I can't hear the hair resting against your microphone anymore because it was that long. There we go. It was. It was like a big old shaggy mane. So I had. Like. I got rid of my lockdown cut last week, and you've got rid of your lockdown cut this week. Yeah. Okay. So it was like a weekend. Like a new, new, two new fresh podcast hosts, aren't we? <laughs> two new fresh boys. Fresh boys. <laughs> two new fresh boys. Check out our mixtape, Fresh Boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I imagine it, it, it's like us two, but like we've got all like mumble rapper face tattoos, but we're dressed as like, like bakers or something or on, on like the bakery counter at a, um, a food shop or something. Yeah. A grocery I've, store. I've got one of those, like, eyebrow tattoos, but it's boys spelt B-O-I-Z. <laughs> and I've got fresh on mine. Yeah. <laughs> so when we stand next to each other, it says fresh boys. So you have to, like, we have to, like, put our heads side by side and it, like, reads across <laughs> our eyebrows. That that's the that's the uh, the internal cover, you know, like the back of the lyric sheet inside of a CD. Oh, I like it. I like it. That sounds pretty <laughs> right. Anyway, this is a podcast. Somebody about Photoshop TV. it. Somebody Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. This is a podcast about TV and film. If you didn't already realize, I mean, man, we all love a good tangent. But um, <laughs> I'm going to start it a little bit different. I think, Chris. Uh, what oh. What's been on your watch list this week? Have you watched anything new or? <laughs> I mean, you've been pretty busy, but... Mate, I, like... Uh, have I watched anything new? Well, I, I watched a couple of films over the weekend. I can't even think what I've, what I've watched now. Uh, I can't even remember. I started watching Avatar The Last Airbender again. Okay. While that's I'm working. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't watched that, that's fantastic. The, the series, not the film. I don't need to say that. It's it's a meme. Everybody knows, but just watch the series. It's fantastic. Sam, have you ever watched that? I've not. No, but I know it's oh, something mate. that Dave Filoni worked on, wasn't it? Uh, briefly, yeah, yeah. While he was at Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It's just absolutely fantastic. It's such a good narrative and great characters. It is very childish. Like the sequel series, Legend of Korra, is a little bit more grown up. Mm. Um, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's all on Netflix. Yeah. Um, 
So definitely just give it a watch. It's still a great show, even though it is a kid's show. Like, I've watched it, like, five times through now. All our mates love it and everything, so... Yeah, there was um, an anime that I used to watch years and years ago, um, but I can't remember what it is, but it the, the main protagonist seems very similar to um, The Last Airbender. Like... It- uh- uh, was it Shaolin Showdown? <laughs> I mean, it bloody well could have been Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> okay, so both of those things aren't animes. I'll just correct you on that real quick. They're, they are Western animations, but they're done in a very traditional Eastern style. Oh, okay. Um, but but the the reason I said, is it Shaolin Showdown, is because that's got a, a small kid with a bald head in it as well. So I thought maybe you got... <laughs> Maybe in your head you're like, um, a sh- kid show with a bald kid in it. Yep, okay, yep. <laughs> Maybe not the exact. Oh my god, the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be right back a second while I sort this out. <laughs> so, Shaolin Showdown was the one with that kid with the. Um, was it like a. Oh, goodness me, they're still going. Um, it was the kid <laughs> with like the cowboy hat, but he's also a, a monk. No. Yeah, so it was it was four different monks from like different backgrounds. They were all kids, so you had like the the main kid that was the small one with a little like bowling ball head with the nine dots on his forehead, the bald one. Yeah, he was like a traditionally trained monk, so he always thought he was the best at kung fu. Then you had the Texas guy with the blonde hair, with the big fucking cowboy hat. Yeah. Then you had Kimiko. I even remember her name. Kimiko was like a, an Asian girl. Obviously, it's an Asian show. You need an Asian girl in there. Um, and then you add, like, a basketball-playing guy. I think he was Mexican descendant. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of that anime was that I used to watch. I'm going to have to do some research and get back to you on it. <laughs> so, yeah. You... Was it Dragon Ball Z? It wasn't Dragon Ball I did watch Dragon Ball Z. And I used to stay up really late and watch Sam- Samurai Jack. Cause you, ah, Samurai you had Jack to. was great. You had to. Literally had to. Had to. But, uh, yeah, so is that all you've been watching? Yeah, pretty much. What have you been watching? Well, Chris, as I'm an absolute idiot, me and my girlfriend were, like, sat together and she wanted to watch Rocket Man, the the Elton John biopic. Um, So to get Rocket Man, I couldn't find it on any of the streaming platforms, but I found it was on Now TV because of the Sky Cinema Pass. Yeah. So I went to go get a free trial to Now TV, and I've ended up accidentally buying a month of Now TV. So I don't know. Yeah, I accidentally slipped and <laughs> hit the wrong thing and started paying for it. So whoops! I've, yet another subscription service. Yep, yeah, and I swiftly, immediately cancelled that, so it wasn't going to renew again. Um, yeah. So I decided that I've got thirty days worth of Now TV to blitz through. So I've watched. I watched Rocket Man um, whilst kind of falling asleep because it was really late. Good film. Yeah, you know what? It's all right. It's all right. I didn't. I was quite. It, I think I was quite shocked at how um, musical it was. I, I think yeah. I was expecting it more to be like the um, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah, which isn't. Qu- it's musical. Don't get me wrong, but it's live performances. I thought it was maybe going to mm-hmm. be something like that. But I enjoyed it. I thought um, once it got up to the bit where it was mainly Taron Egerton leading it, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, um, I think I think definitely like I think Rocket Man's the better out of the two. Really? I think it, 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 I think it uses its music better as well. Oh, I don't know, man. I I came out of it, and both me and my girlfriend thought that Bohemian Rhapsody was the better film. Mm. 
No, and then I don't think so. I've also <laughs> watched. I've also watched. Finally watched Godzilla King of Monsters as well. King of the Monsters. Oh, is it good? You know what? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's <laughs> is it just a big monster movie? Well, I kind of watched it wrong, and <laughs> what I mean by that is that when you have a film with big monsters and battle scenes, it definitely shouldn't be watched on an iPad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've made the biggest monsters in cinema the tiniest things. <laughs> so I, I put it on my iPad because I was doing stuff at the same time. So I thought, well, you know, two birds, one stone. I thought, put that on in the background. It's not a film that's going to need my absolute undivided attention, is it? Because it's just <laughs> Godzilla versus King Ghidorah and, you know, and all Mothra. that business. Yeah, Mothra. And you've got um, Rodi Ro. Rodian? Rodan. R- Rodan, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Rodian is an anim- animal, a, ra- a race from <laughs> Star Wars. Um, but yeah, it was... Oh, man, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought it, there was only like really the big monster scenes, like a couple of them that stand out, but I think it's it's fine. It's the yeah. same problems and stuff that the first one had where... It's really all about the monsters and not about the cast. But it's the same time they're really trying to focus and move the the actors along and build these, you know, with um, Millie Bobby Brown's character and stuff like that. And then there's this stupid MacGuffin that's just pointless of the the orca, it's called, and it's like, ugh. I mean, I just kind of want it to be a big screen adaptation of me as a kid bashing action figures together. Yeah, that's that's all I want out of it. I don't need, like, deep character developments and stuff. Like, you make Godzilla the character in it. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, I mean, it focuses a lot on Godzilla, and it focuses a lot on um, his, like, or hers. Sorry, we don't know whether Godzilla is a hers. It's. They... Yeah, it's like it does focus more on that and it gives you an idea of like where where he's been and why things are happening and stuff like that. And it's obviously there's there's about five thousand mentions of Skull Island, so if you didn't realise it these are part of <laughs> part of the same thing then Guys, yeah. King Kong is coming, guys, yeah. guys, get it. King Kong is coming. This is this is an in between film. We're getting ready for King <laughs> Kong, yeah, okay. it's like every time there's a there's a moment where they're talking about things around the world. It's like we've had reports from Skull Island, or there's there's, there's, there's monarch, on monarch, 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 Skull Island division. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, all right, keep going, keep going, and then at the end, because we all know it's going towards uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, we all know that's coming. It it's quite good. I mean, it just literally ends on like a little bit of artwork, just showing them fighting, which is pretty cool. My only problem with the Godzilla film is Ken Watanabe saying Godzilla is just <laughs> Does so, it feel like too much of a cliche? <laughs> it's just so over like it's just so shoehorned in. And it's not I like Ken Watanabe, don't get me wrong, right? But the way he says Godzilla and the way they put it into the film is just to me. It's just borderline a little bit offensive with how much they're shoving it in. <laughs> it's too cliche. Yeah, it's so cliche. Yeah. And 
they build up this massive thing because he really, really admires admires Godzilla and stuff, and obviously he's very feel very passionate about Godzilla. But yeah, go watch it. Is this it in and... Gods of Monsters, or are you talking about the twenty fourteen Godzilla now? I'm talking about uh, King of the Monsters, to be fair. Okay. But I, w- I wasn't sure if he was in the new one or not. No, oh, yeah, yeah, he's in it because he yeah. he was in it in the 2014 one, and I know as soon as like he said it in that film, we were in the cinema together, and we we're like, <laughs> yeah, <said> it. it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's that, and we're not gonna say it because it is offensive <laughs> when you try and mimic yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be doing it. No, we should definitely not be doing it. But if you watch it, especially King of the Monsters, you will kind of get what I mean. But. uh yeah, that's that's what I've watched over the last week. Um, I've got the rest of Now TV to try and smash. I've started watching Far From Home again. Oh, good film. Give that a second watch because I've not watched good it film. again. You know what? I did actually watch most of over the weekend. I, I watched a couple films, but the only one that I can actually remember... Oh, no, I can remember. So we watched Julie and Julia, um, okay, which is a Meryl Streep, Amy Adams film about um, a woman doing a blog cooking everything out of Julia Child's cookbook. So it's sort of like a biopic about Julia Child's as well. Yeah. Meryl, Meryl Streep's phenomenal, as always. Yeah. Um, and what else did we watch? 13 going on 30. Classic chick flick. Nice. I used to watch that film so much growing up because my sister had like a two-pack. It was 13 going on 30 and Mean Girls. And it was the only thing my sister would ever put on. And she used to play it all the time. So I've, I've just got those two films like me- memorised. But the one thing I did forget was the fact that Andy Serkis plays the leader of the publication. What? The, the fashion magazine. This was like the same year, I think, that Return of the King came out. No way. <laughs> yeah, Andy Serkis is in 13, going on 13, playing this That's like, so fashion magazine editor. That's so funny. Brilliant. Is he British in it, or has he got an American accent going on? Um... Oh, I've just seen a photo of him, and you could just about figure out that that's Andy Serkis because of, like, the strange (laughs) goatee that he's got. Very strange goatee, yeah. Yeah. I just completely forgot that he was in that film, and I'm sure it came out the same year as, like, Return of the King or something like that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He's got... He he has got the Gollum eyes, hasn't he? He he can't escape them. He can't escape those eyes. They're absolutely Uh, piercing, aren't they? He's phenomenal. He's great. Love Andy Serkis. I watched Black Panther again not long ago, and I really enjoyed him in oh, Black yeah. Panther. I watched it again not so long ago. Well, I watched Godzilla, and you watched 13 going on 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I watched something else that was a bit more interesting than that as well. Oh, well, oh I remember what I watched. Uh, no Country for Old Men. I watched the first half of that uh, again. You know what? Before I, I went really to bed. I watched that after watching The Last of Us play for because the guy that I was watching do the uh, playthrough of it was referencing No Country for Old Men quite a lot. Have you a... seen? Have you not seen it? No, I've not seen it. Oh, mate, it's one of the best Coen Brothers films. I know, I know. and Oh, it's fantastic. Ha- how I do a film podcast and I've not seen No Country for Old Men. But... Javier Bardem. I know. Fucking Josh Brolin. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's one of them, I've always seen bits, but I've never like sat down and watched it. And I just think it's because it's obviously like a, an older film. I don't think I've really took it's the time. It's only 2007. Well, you know, it's... I was like, what? Um... Tommy Lee Jones as well. That man's face just tells a story before he even says a word in a film. Yeah. Like, it, he's got such like an old, like... like wrinkled like weathered face that like 
you believe he's lived in that character for like the last eighty years before he played the part. It's great. Uh yeah. Probably yeah. Jones, man. Kills it. Kills it. Right. Should we get on to some news? Yeah. Should we just do it? <laughs> so there's no new Sheesh. films. So we're doing a whole load of news and a whole load of trailers because we got a couple of first looks at things this week. And yes. there's quite a little bit of news to cover off, I suppose. So we'll just take it line by line. Um, yes. Trust the old Google Keep document that keeps this podcast going. Um, <laughs> first thing is there's been a new image uh, from Wonder Woman 84 uh, and it's to show the Amazonian Olympics are actually going to be taking place, which could be a big kind of plot device, I suppose. Yeah, so was this the photo of young Diana in the Olympics? Yeah, so it's probably yeah. like a bit of like a flashback. Kind we of had a tease of this, didn't we, where she's jumping up all those like pillars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. I, rem- I remember I've got... I've actually packed the book away, so I'm packing for moving at the moment. So my office is ghetto rigged at the moment. I can't remember what the wo- uh, book's called. It's an actual novel. It's Wonder Woman. I think it's like Warbringer or something like that. Mm. Um, but that opens with Diana running the marathon, I believe, in the Amazon Olympics. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So it, it is a pretty cool like world building. It looks thing. like she's doing the javelin or something in this one. Yeah, she's pretty sick. That's, cool. that's that's all there is to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all there is. It's just a new image, but yeah, that would definitely be cool. Actually, having a bit of Themyscira in there again, even though obviously she can't return to it. Yeah, be nice to bring that back. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to take the next one? Yes, uh, Idris Elba has said we are getting ever closer to a Luther movie. So we've been hearing this for like the last year or two, I believe that. Um, Idris Elba and BBC have been interested in getting a Luther movie off the ground mm-hmm. after the four seasons of Wrapped. I don't think uh, I think it was four seasons. Um, I don't think they're going to do any more series of it anytime soon. But they are getting closer to a film. I think they're going to do like one last hurrah as a film. Yeah, um, and then put the character to rest. But Luther's fantastic, man. Yeah, I don't know whether I ever actually got up to speed with luther I'd, i watched quite a lot of it but i really really enjoyed idris elba in it i really liked his character i like I idris elba think... in pretty much everything he's in to be honest oh yeah he's, he's great i think the only bit of luther i haven't seen is the last series um which i think was shorter i think it was only three episodes yeah and they did a mini series type thing to try and wrap up some storylines i think it was one of those british programs that does quite well overseas as well because of someone like Idris Elba carrying it yeah yeah it did really well on like uh, BBC America and stuff like that with like Doctor Who and Sherlock and stuff like that mm-hmm. it got pushed a lot because uh, it was it was airing like in in between seasons of Sherlock so I think that like pushed it along yeah it was like giving people that kind of fix for that sort of sort of TV I suppose wasn't it that- Gritty British crime drama. Oh, I could like. We just do crime drama well. We just do. <laughs> yeah, Cop shows. It's like um, what was that? Uh, was it not Community? Not Neighborhood? It had Dexter in it. Um, Michael. Um, what's his name? Michael, not Michael Hall. Uh, no, Michael Hall. No. Michael no. C. Hall, yeah, yeah, Michael C. Hall. Was it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he. It was Safe, 
Did you ever watch Safe on Netflix? Not even heard of it. No, that's a bit of like a, a British um, drama. That's quite good as well. Okay. And it's got Michael C. Hall. And parts of that were filmed in Manchester because he's like running through um, like Northern oh, cool. Quarter, you know, like those yeah, shops yeah, yeah. that have got like the black um, the black uh, shop back banners and then you've got like just the the, the orange text that have the shop names yeah 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 like s- where forbidden planet and yeah, 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 and yeah, stuff yeah. you see all that up at the top and you're like well well he's just gone from some really fancy neighborhood just turned a corner and he was in manchester <laughs> so it's one of those where like if you actually know the place you're like that's not how that works yeah and i don't know what it is about seeing places that you recognize in tv shows and films that just really confuses you and just kind well, of well i w- I was saying that a couple episodes ago with uh, Life on Mars is based in Manchester. It's based in Manchester in the 70s. And like it was so weird, like he wakes up. So the main character wakes up in the past and he w- wakes up on where my office is now. Yeah. Like when it was just rubble land. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so weird, it's bizarre. You see it a lot in like Peaky Blinders. You see it yeah. in... We're going to see it in uh, Morbius because Morbius was filmed in Manchester. That was literally shot at the back of my head office. <laughs> so you're going to see... Yeah, because they transformed and, like one of the popular squares in Manchester, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, Captain America, the first Avenger, was shot in Manchester. That was shot near um, the Science and Industry Museum. Oh, okay. Uh, Peaky Blinders, like you said, I was watching that and I was like, I know where that is. Um, yeah. What else? Was, um, the Crown... Um, it's being used as a set for New York, Manchester is. Oh, okay. A couple of the back streets apparently looks like New York in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, there are quite a few like big alleyways and stuff like that in between buildings and some parts yeah, are yeah, quite yeah. open and stuff. So, yeah, cool. Uh, next story is obviously with cinemas reopen as of the 4th of July. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for you america <laughs> um ghostbusters actually took away the the box office like the original <laughs> ghostbusters did really well. i would go see ghostbusters if it was on a cinema over. yeah well i was looking at the cinema near us to see what was actually showing in the cinema because obviously they've opened back up but mm-hmm it's like, well, what are you going to show? Because Tenet's not out yet. And yeah. Wonder Woman and Black Widow and stuff that was all meant to be coming out isn't out yet. So when I was so looking, what is it showing? So what I was I was trying to... I had a hiccup, so I was trying to like build, <laughs> build space. Um, it was showing Onward, 1917, Sonic the Hedgehog, Parasite, um, A Star is Born, Bad Boys for Life, Bloodshot. Uh, <laughs> Bloodshot and Bad Boys for Life seem like a very odd choice to be re-showing. Yeah, uh, Birds of Prey, Knives Out, uh, and then I also saw, which was really cool. I saw Empire Strikes Back. Oh, cool! I really <laughs> wish I went. Which and cinema was this? This was uh, I was. This is our local. Uh, was it the new one in town, or was it the no, classic? The, the classic. Oh right. That's a surprise. Oh, it's, it's, that, on that's on the, it's on Friday. It's on Friday. Oh, bro, you should definitely go see that. 
yeah, go watch Empire Strikes Back. You should see it's the It's so good on the big screen. It's so good uh, on the big it's screen. It's because it's the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, there we go. And there's a very, yeah, very cool it. 40th anniversary poster for it. Oh, cool. I saw it with the live orchestra, like we've spoken about before. Oh, I saw it with the live orchestra. (laughs) You saw A New Hope. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Like, like it is, it's so good on the big screen. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. It just hits different on the big screen. I think, yeah, they're showing it throughout July, to be honest with you. So we should probably, when you get time anyway, because you're very busy at the minute, (laughs) we should go do some a socially distant trip to the cinema to watch Empire Strikes Back. I cannot tell you how many stress headaches I've had lately. (laughs) Like, my eyes are just permanently bloodshot and itchy. Like, my eyes go irritated when I'm stressed. And I've got really bad hay fever. And it's really bad this year, so I'm just constantly like, Argh! I mean, <laughs> oh man, I mean, I know I would podcast... love to take a break to go see Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I mean, I know the podcast is hard work, Chris, but Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyway, next story. Do you want to take this one? Because I haven't read this article. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I thought we were going to take it in turns. Yeah, I saw the headline, but I was like, yeah, what's the story here? Okay, so basically the next story is that Disney came out and said, or a executive at Disney came out and said that Tron 3 actually has a really great script already and the time is right for a third Tron film. Okay, so this is the one with Jared Leto in. Was the last thing we heard about it? Wasn't that Blade Runner? No, that no, he's uh, well, <laughs> very very similar looking films. But no, apparently he was cast in Tron Three as well. Oh, um, okay. Do we know who's working on this? Do we know if it's the same guy that did Tron Legacy? Uh, I'm not too sure. It may have been the same. The same. I, I'll be honest with you. I really like Tron Legacy. I love the Tron franchise. I've never really took the time to watch the Tron films. Like, Tron 1 is clunky and a bit difficult to watch now, unless you have mega nostalgia for it. Like, I did watch it growing up, so I have got a bit of nostalgia for it, but when Tron Legacy came out, just the aesthetic of it just captured me. Was that the crazy de-aging of Jeff Bridges? That's the one bit we don't talk about because that was that was kind of terrifying. Oh <laughs> like the technology wasn't quite there. Like it it was there enough that I went to see it with my mum. Like I think it was a Christmas Eve film that we went to see one year, and oh, she was okay. like, "Oh my god, that's young Jeff Bridges!" <laughs> like she she recognised who it was, but <laughs> but then she was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." So it was uh, the Disney Music Executive Mike Mitchell Lieb who worked on Tron Legacy, confirmed that Disney had a script for the third movie and it may actually happen thanks to Disney+. Plus. So the two things I need to know are what cast are coming back and is Daft Punk doing the soundtrack again because Daft Punk's soundtrack was phenomenal. Uh, Lieb went on to say he had lunch with Daft Punk's manager to further a bit of a starting conversation. We've got a great script. I mean, a really phenomenal script, and we're very ex- that we are very excited about. Whereas the timing wasn't right to have done it years ago. I think that t- we feel that the timing is right now, and I feel like we've learned a lot of lessons from that last movie. There you can't you see me right now, but I'm celebrating. Here he is. Woo! Also, just because we ha- haven't had a Daft Punk album in how many years now? Well, yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? 
When was the last Daft Punk album? Was it? Did they release another one after Random Access Memories? No, they haven't. 2013. It's been seven years. That was seven years ago. Perfect time to bring them back. Oh, man. What an album. I fucking love Daft Punk, man. That was a very good album. Random Access Memories. Such a good album. And next bit of news, Chris. Okay, the next bit of news. So, a while ago, we found out that Hayley Atwell was cast in Mission Impossible 7. We didn't have any sort of, like, inkling of what role she was in or anything, but she's now shared uh, a photo on her Instagram, and she is looking pretty ripped. Like, she is definitely going to have some action scenes in this film. And I love Hayley Atwell. She's a phenomenal actress who is incredibly underused in everything. Um, So you'll probably know her as Peggy Carter from the MCU. That's mm-hmm. like a, a most known film, but she is a British actress who's done loads of like great British TV and stuff like that. So I'm so glad to see her like hitting the mainstream with Mission Impossible Seven. Hell yeah! Oh man, she, she kicks ass anyway. Like in the Agent Carter series, she was just kicking ass all over the fucking showing that. She might but, be um, like an Abby character from The Last of Us, and oh, maybe an maybe Abby we character. might see a particular. Fatality of a <laughs> a certain. You're, you reckon she's going to take over the franchise? She's going to pop fucking Tom Cruise yeah. in the head and take over the franchise? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's, it's got to come. It's got to come to an end somewhere. I mean, surely he may have his uh, scene in space, and then where do you go from there? Uh, I don't think that the Mission Impossible franchise would ever continue with anybody else but Tom Cruise in it. I want a scene on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different film. That's a different film he's doing. That's a completely oh, different film. That's the Martian part two. Sorry. <laughs> that's Martian Manhunter. That's the Martian from Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, give me more Haley Atwell on the big screen. Do it. Yeah. Next story is that Charlize Theron is pretty pissed off about a recasting for the Mad Max prequel. Why are they doing this? What a strange, strange, strange choice. This is definitely just an executive at Warner Brothers, like, just pissing up the wall. I'd lay you a bet. It was something to do with, like, scheduling conflicts. So we had a a story a while ago, I remember, because I've seen it in our notes before, that, like, Mad Max uh, is meant to start production next summer or was meant to start production this summer in Australia. And everyone was like, oh yeah, finally, like we're finally getting the Mad Max sequel, which we all sort of thought was going to be a Furiosa film. And everyone was like, cool, Silas Throne's going to be back. It's going to be incredible. It's just going to be like Fury Road. She's great. I'm going to guess there's been some sort of conflict of interest because of the pandemic, maybe, and she couldn't hit the start date. So instead of just... This is a pure speculation, by the way. Instead of just like pushing the shoot back, they've recast it, and I think that's the worst thing you could do for the franchise. I think that's just committing suicide to the franchise. Yeah, because like, who else do you see as Furiosa? You can't. You, you can't. just can't. She absolutely just nailed it. So it's like you can't. Like, where do you go? It's like it's not. It's not like it was the character of Mad Max, where like we now have two different versions of it, and like. They're both sort of iconic in their own right now. Like the Tom Hardy version has got his own core fan base now. Yeah. Whereas like Furiosa was Charlie Theron's performance. Yeah, that's it. And it's 
it's like she's described it as like heartbreaking and it's like well you have someone that's that passionate about the character and she's a loved actress for this role as well it's like why why take the risk like i mean she's doing the she's doing uh is it the old guard for netflix yeah that comes out pretty soon that actually yeah so but yeah it's just it's just such a shame so we find I mean, out when that comes out. It depends on how much of a prequel it is. Like, are we going to still get Tom Hardy? Or, uh, well, I guess not because they wouldn't have met. No, it wouldn't so. make sense unless they had parallel stories going on. So, um, the Old Guard releases uh, July tenth, so two days from when we're recording this. Okay. Um, it's actually being written by Greg Rucker, which I'm really buzzed about because he's a great comic book writer. Um, I believe this is based off a comic book property. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's one that Greg Rucker has written in the past. Cool. But and, either way, yeah, like that, like it's going to be pretty shit hot. The script, anyway. Yeah, for sure. And then my last little uh, tidbit of news that I've got for this little bit is that there was a recut of a scene from The Rise of Skywalker that's been doing the rounds online. I don't know whether you've took chance to watch this. I haven't. I did not know this was a thing. So what's basically happened is... Spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker if you live under a rock. <laughs> um, but basically the bit where Rey confronts Palpatine and there's the whole I am all the Sith and then I am all the Jedi moment. Yes. Um, when she gets the two lightsabers and then puts the lightning back on him. So yes. someone has edited in uh, like Anakin Skywalker, Mace Windu, Yoda, Obi-Wan. That's exactly what I asked for. Yeah, <laughs> they've uh, edited them all in so that when she like has that, when she hears the name, voices and stuff talking to her, they all appear as like faint force ghosts behind her. And when she uses the lightsaber to hold back the lightning, they're all holding their hands out as though they're helping her push the lightning back. And it's That's not just... exactly what I said to you we needed in that scene. Which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because people would have heard, like, the hardcore, uh, the people who aren't hardcore fans would have heard those voices and been like, who the fuck are these guys? Mm. Like, if you just give them the visuals, like... Like, there was no harm in it. It was the last swan song to all these characters. Like, why not? Yeah, but the main thing was is it was like Hayden Christensen in there. And it was like, I would have just loved to have just seen him like wrap off this franchise. I just think it would have been so tasteful. Yeah. But, you know, here we are. We didn't get it because <sighs> toxic fan base. Let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a fun conversation the other night, wasn't it? It was very, yeah. It's not a conversation we're going to have unless you want to hear no, it. No, we, so. we've had it too many times on the podcast yeah. already. We did How six, many episodes have we covered The Rise of Skywalker now? We did like six episodes on Star Wars or something, so go check Our first ever episode was The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. We, we've said enough. Literally. Uh, okay, the next story. Okay, this, this one's a biggie. A biggie. A biggie. This one's a biggie. So... The director, I believe, of Black Widow has come out and said that this film will have a passing of the baton, you could say, okay. a literal baton, from uh, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow over to Florence Pugh as the new Black Widow. So she's playing Yelena Belova. Yes. 
Very good. Woo! This is, this is a good decision. Like, seeing as though they've killed off the character for now, obviously in the future we would love to see some, like, time travel shenanigans maybe and get maybe get Black Widow back. But for now, man, Florence Pugh is riding high. She is at, the, like, the... Well, her career's only just starting, but she's at the peak of it already. Well, not the peak, but she's, she's on the upwards trajectory. She's a mm-hmm. phenomenal actress. Yeah. Like... She is such a good get for the MCU. Like, get her in now while she's, like, on the rise. Uh, oh, man, this is going to be good. So what does this mean in the future? Does it mean we're going to have a sequel to Black Widow f- focusing around Yelena Belova? Or, I don't know if you've seen this rumor floating around. I saw it trending when New Rockstars covered it again. But there seems to be a scene in which Florence Pugh is be like strapped onto like a surgical table, and it almost looks like she's having like facial surgery. Oh, okay. And it's happened in the comic books before, but people are thinking maybe what if we have a face swap between Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh? Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's how the baton gets like passed on. Okay, but doesn't it not say <laughs> well? What if maybe it stays as Black Widow, but then she just assume yeah, because she would assume her new identity, right? Yeah. So that's what I would rather have, but that that's kind of funky, like a little face-off action going on. That's uh, yeah, that's out there. That's not something that I thought of, but holy moly, <laughs> would I appreciate it? <laughs> It'd be a big well, move, and I don't it would know be a big move. It maybe be. I don't know how that would actually sit a lot amongst like all the Marvel fans. I don't yeah, know how... It'd be weird. I don't know what the consensus would be on that. Well, let us oh, know. Yeah. Let us know if you uh, <laughs> have a thought on that. Well, I, th- I think it's such a good idea to pass the baton on to Florence Pugh. Also, it means she would be a younger version of the character which fits in with what they seem to be doing with the upcoming phases of Marvel. Yeah. They seem to be getting in all the younger characters leading to either Secret Avengers or... Young Avengers or anything like that, any of the youth teams, the champions maybe or something like that. I suppose that that she would just be some consistency that could follow through the um, you know, the the arc and stuff and at least there you have one character who has been through everything and all the events of the previous films from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier and stuff. Also it's sort of you could get an interesting parallel between this new younger Avengers team or whatever the team would be called against the original Avengers as well. So you've got you've now got your Black Widow standing. You've already got the new Sam Wilson um, or maybe Bucky, Captain America, whatever it ends up being by the time that film rolls around. Probably Sam Wilson, Falcon, Captain America it would be. Um, you've got the Iron Man substitute now with... Rumours of maybe an Ironheart, but I think Spider-Man's probably going to take over that arc because mm-hmm. uh, that's what Far From Home, uh, yeah, Far From Home was all about. Um, you've maybe got the introduction of um, Scarlet Witch's children as well in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Ms. Marvel coming up. So we've uh, Kate Bishop, um, Black, uh, sorry, Hawkeye has been set up. Stature, we've got. Um, uh, Scott Lang's daughter being set up as being a hero now that she's aged up after Endgame and stuff like that. Like they are setting up like all these parallels to classic, um, 
Avengers characters, so you could have a nice parallel with Florence Pugh in there as well, taking on the Black Widow role. Yeah, very true. Ah, oh, it's pretty cool mm. though. It's a pretty cool setup, and it's all in anticipation of a new trailer that we should be getting really soon. Yeah, so I'm seeing conflicting stories at the moment. There's a lot of supposed leaks, which I think are all mostly fake, of what uh, Marvel will be showing at Comic Con at Home, which has been announced. They're doing a virtual version of the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also headlines coming out saying that uh, Marvel won't have any sort of online pa- presence at that, um, which I think might be a bit silly. Like, everyone's crying out for new information, and with your films being or series being so far through production, almost to the point of being finished um, and being all pushed back. I think it would be silly not to show something from maybe like The Eternals or Falcon and Winter Soldier or WandaVision at this event. I think it would be silly not to. So Mm -hmm. we're getting conflicting stories at the moment, so we're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, because we've not really seen anything at all from The Eternals apart from some photos, have we? We've not even had... I mean, they're they're obviously not going to start dropping too much hype for The Eternals when they're going to want people to be hyped for Black Widow. But I think because of the circumstances of everything going on, I think they could probably do a bit of a better job of hyping up the next phase of the MCU. Yeah, because I th- I think with it being delayed, it like hype has dwindled a little bit. Mm. But I feel like it's one of those things where people are more talking about Justice League and DC stuff right now over Marvel stuff. So maybe they're just taking a breather. Maybe, yeah. But mm. I don't think it would do any harm to Black Widow, like, dropping a teaser for the Eternals, even if it's just, like, a 30-second teaser, just there, like, here's a look of the actual characters and maybe where the plot's going. Yeah. You know, just, like, a, a small teaser sort of, like, setting up that it might be the next sort of Guardians-looking film. Yeah, and then we don't know where we're up to with Guardians 3 yet, do we? Um, that got halted production because obviously they brought James Gunn back, but he's still working on Suicide Squad at the moment. Ah, okay, yeah. No, that um, makes so sense. So that's halted him and pushed back. But I, th- I think with Falcon and Winter Soldier being so far through production as well, and we haven't had a trailer for that, we mm. had a teaser for everything coming up in the MCU on Disney+. Plus. So we had like three seconds of Loki... We had like 30 seconds of WandaVision and 30 seconds of Falcon the Winter Soldier. I think we could do with like a proper trailer for that now. Yeah, for sure. Because that was meant to be coming out August or September, wasn't it? Yeah, I Um, think probably we'll start seeing it start to ramp up after Black Widow. They'll probably take the hype of the Black Widow movie and then use that to then follow it through with the tv shows and then the eternals because the eternals is only in february and that's not a long that's not far away considering we're in july now yeah it's only what eight months away eight months away You've normally seen the first trailer for a marvel film by then yeah so it's not it's you know it's not a lot of time and no. you've got you've still got black widow coming out which i believe is it to this month is it now i don't know where the the land point has ended with any of these releases anymore. No, I mean, when you Google it, it says, um, oh, well, it says 24th of April, which is... Uh... <laughs> but didn't it get pushed back to September? Uh, potentially. The thing is, if it got pushed back to September, then you're only talking three... You're, you're literally only talking five months. Oh, October. 
So it's October twenty eighth. Right. Okay. So it got pushed to October, which means yeah. that if Eternal stays on its current schedule of February, the end of February, you've literally talking November, December, January. February, you're literally talking four months. Yeah. Well, that's what it was like a couple of years ago when we were getting three Marvel movies a year. Obviously, this year we were only meant to be getting two, but it seems like uh, well, we're only getting one now. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, well. Like that, it's going to ramp up again, and I think. Yeah. But it's it's a weird time because it is the time where you're really going to have to. I have a feeling you're really going to have to hold the hands of some Marvel film fans. I'm not talking comic fans. I mean film fans who are going to be a little bit confused at the Eternals and as it moves into that, because obviously, I'd say the Infinity Saga as it got towards the end with like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and as you start getting into the weird time travel aspect of Endgame that's already a lot for a lot of casual moviegoers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when you start getting into the the plot of Eternals and you've got Kit Harington as Black Knight and you're talking then whatever the hell guardians 3 will drop in and doctor strange multiverse of madness it's like going it's like hitting it into fifth gear and yeah really going cosmic i think they did a good job with with like your reference like the guardians films and stuff like that guardians one kept its plot like narrow enough you know what i mean like it, Mm. it it like it opened the universe up but it focused really well um, it didn't throw too much at you, whereas then obviously Guardians Two started to bring in the celestial aspects a lot more. And Ego, the Living Planet, is such a high concept thing, but audience was were ready for it after Guardians One and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think with Endgame was a pretty like easy to swallow version of time travel. Yeah. So I think I think the way that they are doing it at the moment is leading it up that audiences will be ready for it. I think Eternals is going to be the biggest struggle, but that's probably it's going to lay on land on how well they explain like the deviant gene and the uh, eternal gene, the Inhumans, all that sort of stuff inside of it. I have a feeling um, we should probably do an episode leading up to the Eternals where you explain a lot because I have a feeling <laughs> there's not going to be that nice little bridge of a gap between what we're going to get from Disney Plus and what we're going to get from Black Widow and any other Marvel film that sneaks its way in before Eternals if we're lucky enough. Yeah, I um, think Eternals yeah. has got a lot of legwork to do to make sure they stick the landing. So like you said, it's easy to digest for casual audiences which the mcu's been able to do so far like like you saw with captain marvel they introduced shape-shifting aliens and uh like the high evolutionary in the kree homeworld and stuff like that like they managed to introduce that pretty easily enough mm-hmm. so yeah. i th- i think i think the eternals will be fine i think they just need to make sure they stick that landing with the explanation so it's not just like Sorry, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> I'm sorry, what the fuck is Richard Madden doing in this universe? Sorry, excuse me, what these people are eternal creatures from outer space who are living on Earth? Wait a second, am I watching Game of Thrones or am I watching... Uh, the Black Knight gets his power from touching a sword and then he becomes all his previous ancestors? Well, let's what? not forget, Black Widow is not Captain the only... Captain Britain? 
Black <laughs> Widow isn't the only Marvel movie we're getting. We're also getting the New Mutants as well, aren't we? I keep forgetting about that <laughs> film. I was so excited for it, and it's just like, uh, just drop it on Disney Plus now. Just drop it on Disney Plus with an age rating on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just literally, just Jesus. get it out there. Forget it. But that's got a big cosmic bear. I don't know. Uh, maybe depending on how they do it. Yeah, the giant spirit bear thing. I mean, is that's there cool. any? Is there any kind of link there? I mean, being uh, someone who's no. not oh, okay, fantastic. No. no, that the spirit bear is more sort of a metaphor of like fear and mental health issues and stuff like that. Yeah, is what that is more of. Yeah, it's crazy because the confirmed, the absolutely confirmed uh, Marvel films that we have coming up. So we've got in no particular order, I believe, but we have <laughs> The New Mutants, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, Morbius, yep. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Thor, Love and Thunder, <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther 2, and Captain Marvel 2. And, and Spider-Man Ga- 3. And Spider-Man 3, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. However... And then you've got the Disney Plus shows, which are Falcon of the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. Yeah. So, where I say there's not a lot of Marvel, there is all of a sudden going to be so much Marvel, you're going the, to be in Marvel. Yeah, the, I think it's... We as an audience are kind of lucky that the production's got halted as well. So it's not like they're just getting a backlog of Marvel stuff to then just piss out at us all at once. Yeah. And just, like, flood us with it. Like, the fact that everything's been staggered backwards has sort of done us the favour of we're not going to be too bombarded by it. What are you kind of most excited of, most excited for in terms of these Um... new Marvel properties, whether it be the Disney Plus stuff, whether it be Blade, whether it be... Um, you know. Um, okay. Black Widow, I'm excited for just because I like the character and I like Scarlett Johansson, and I think it's going to be a bit different for a Marvel film. Um, but mostly it's sort of the weirder stuff. So, One Division because Scarlet Witch is one of my favorite characters, and the whole time travel, mind manipulation, multiple reality thing. Yes, down, sign me up. Eternals, just because it's going to be weird, probably. And we're getting the introduction of all these really niche characters, like Black Knight and stuff like that. We might even get a hint of maybe Captain Britain in there somewhere as well. And Multiverse of Madness. So any of the weird stuff coming out. And Moon Knight. I want to see how they stick the landing with Moon Knight. Where'd my fucking money, Dracula? (laughs) (laughs) Where are you, Dracula, you little bitch? I know you got my money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm really hoping like we get like the modern version of it like where he's all like suited and booted with the mask on like he's got his personality of a cab driver but then he's also the Egyptian god thing and I think Keanu Reeves would be so good in that role Yeah, I think it's literally. perfect for Keanu Reeves uh, I'm really actually most excited for Thor Love and Thunder after Ragnarok and I'm also really excited for Guardians Volume 3 I always feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy films are like an event in their own. Like, yeah, I remember there's just like a big whirl whirlwind of emotions when you watch a Guardians of the Galaxy film. Mm-hmm. Like all the humor, and then you have the hard hitting aspects of it, and it's just it's they're just big, they're just big, yeah. and I like them. like 
yeah, I am excited for those two as well because, like I said, like they are the weirder sort of side of it, yeah, more comic booky side of it. But they feel a bit too far away for me to be that excited about them right now. Like I'm excited about what we know about so far. You get me? Yeah. But... Like I am going to be so excited for them when they finally come up because, like, the Jane Foster version of Thor and stuff like that has been one of my favorite things in comic books lately. Yeah, and I kind of like like after watching. The Guardians films, it really makes me quite excited to see what he does with Suicide Squad. Yeah, definitely. And he's also, nailed that group aspect comic book yeah, genre. It's a good balance. He's nailed the balance right. And that's why mm. I like the Guardians films, because there's a really good balance in them. It's not like too much one way or too much the other. It's yeah. like action, it's also story, it's also yeah, it's a good balance of films. But also he's also confirmed that every James Gunn cut has ever being released in theaters so he's only ever released his cut so don't yeah. worry people the suicide squad will be untouched yeah i think i think they knew that going in like as soon as they hired him like i think warner brothers learned the lesson from what people were saying like hands off like we got yeah we spoke james about Gunn's this last time Aquaman. didn't we we spoke about yeah, how yeah, you don't yeah. get james gunn to then not have con- you know to not control his yeah. film you like you, get, you have... give him creative freedom of it yeah there's a reason why him... he writes and directs his own films yeah exactly anyway right that's enough talking about Woof! mcu goodness me i think we just figured Woof! out what our topic was for this episode <laughs> that's the title yeah <laughs> Woo, that's me not having to think of a title later uh, <laughs> um we have got a little bit of trailers to cover off for the rest of the week and we'll fly through these pretty quickly in our world-famous segment. Everybody loves it. Everybody knows it. Everybody together now. Tough trailer trade. Wait an absolute second, because if you didn't know, you've got a musician on the podcast. Oh, let's get it going. Trailer trash. Woo! Potentially mildly offensive. But here we are. <laughs> I don't think it's as offensive as if we did an impression of Ken Watanabe. We are we are explicit on here for a reason. <laughs> there are worse podcasts than this. At least we yeah. dance we dance around it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Do you want to hit us off with this first one? Because yeah. this is your thing. This is your thing. I am God. really excited for this. So this is the first look. Well, the extended first look i'd say this is the first proper trailer we've had for the season two of the umbrella academy Mm, i'm very excited for the umbrella academy it was it's a rare thing when both me and my girlfriend like to watch a netflix or a tv series like this and i ended up getting her to watch a few episodes of it and she really enjoyed it and i was like oh my god i was like i can talk (laughs) to you about the umbrella academy (laughs) it's like magic so brilliant potentially i mean july 31st i mean chris we're actually recording these episodes ahead of time yeah. for the next couple of weeks so i mean we have the ah uh, no unfortunately i'm not going to be able to do an umbrella academy episode so we'll have to do that when you get back yeah well i'll be back before it launches anyway so it'll probably be like the week after Oof. depends if it's released an episode per week or whether it all drops uh, i think it's all gonna drop that's how netflix tends to do, uh, do it in it? which case that's how they did it 
you may have a quite prompt uh, Umbrella Academy Season 2 episode. Yes. It's been a while since we've done a TV series. I know, yeah. I think the last one we did may have been Mandalorian. Might have been that long ago. Um, oh no, we did we did a bit of Snowpiercer and Space Force. We did space yeah, yeah Space Force yeah. was the last one. Uh it's been a while since we've covered a whole season or something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we did yeah, okay, cool. Anyway, what the did you trailer think of this anyway. The tra- yeah. yeah, I really like the direction that they're going with this because obviously <sighs> at the end of Umbrella Academy season one, they have that uh, moment where the um the moon is coming to the earth right and then they all disappear and i like how it's not really related to that it's related to that they drop in the cold war and that their presence there impacts everything else that's going on but i like how it's just the weird and wonderful new like stories and stuff that they go through and just how it's just strange and it knows it's strange and yeah, yeah, like it's just good, man. Like this is yeah. this is like this seems like the full on bizarre parts of season one all over again. Like they seem to be steering more into the weird stuff, which I'm all for. Like I forgot, like I couldn't remember if we found out where they time traveled to at the end of season one. It doesn't know. It doesn't um, show you. They just disappear. No, it doesn't and that's show you. Pretty much so, the end. so when this trailer starts and it's just all of a sudden in the sixties, I was like, hey, "What the fuck's going on here?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like wait time travel or i wasn't sure if like they just rewrote history and like they were still in the modern times but uh five it is fives isn't it the uh the one that jumps through time yeah yeah uh, i wasn't sure if he was just like was just like hopping around and he saw that they fucked up the timeline or something like that and there was um russians in america or something i was like what the hell is going on and then it's like oh no it's all in the 60s and like um one of them's got a cult and shit like that it's just bizarre and i was like yeah okay sign me up for this <laughs> yeah i actually really want to go back and watch season one before this because yeah i probably yeah, will as well it's just so good like there's so many really good little parts in it like even um hazel the um you got hazel and Charcha. like i totally forget they're a thing in this yeah and you've got the whole storyline between um, Vanya and Leonard, and Leonard ends up being like an absolute psychopath. <laughs> Plus, that I Cameron Britton, I... who plays Hazel, is an uh, amazing actor. He was Ed- yeah. Edward Kemper in uh, Mindhunter. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really oh. good. Really, really good He was really so good, because that's based off a real guy, and like he nailed that guy's characteristics oh, so yeah. much. Go watch Mindhunter. Very um, good. But, yeah. yeah, I, like, oh, season one was so good. Like, I forgot how much I enjoyed, like, how quirky it was until I saw this trailer again. I was like, man, that, that was a good series, that. Yeah, really good. And I like how we're getting more of a look at um, Ben as well who yep. was the the one the ghost guy who the died dead one <laughs> yeah and also monkey butler's still alive because they've gone back in time they must meet yeah. yeah they meet the dad and stuff again don't they yeah so i i noticed that like halfway through the trailer we get to see like a young version of the monkey i can't remember what the monkey's called uh like wearing a diaper and like you see like a guy holding his hand walking po- away pogo and, pogo pogo that's the one do you know who um, actually do you know who actually voices him i can't remember it's um adam godley he is in charlie and the chocolate factory breaking bad suits uh you'd recognize the name you'd recognize him if you saw him and you'd be like no way does he play the monkey 
Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of does look like the monkey as well. I well, I mean, don't be too harsh about his ears. <laughs> Jesus. Um, he was in something that I watched the other day. He's in, he in a lot of things. He was in something that I watched the other day and I can't remember what he was in. Son of Rambo. I don't think it was 13 going on 30. I don't think it was that. <laughs> no. Oh, mate, think. Son of Rambo. I forgot that was even a film. Yeah, with Will Pootler uh, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as a, as he, he was in Love Actually. That's why I always remember Adam Godley for. Yeah, yeah. Played the principal in that, didn't he? Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, off that side note. Yeah, I'm excited. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Um, And then they drop it at the end that all the kids go back to find the dad, don't they? Yeah, they end up So they're changing the their own yeah. timeline as well. Yeah, so good. There were so many good parts in season one. Like, I re- it's so good. Like... Just well thought out, well adapted, and like there's little moments in there which are just really nice, like the whole Luther and Allison moment, the dancing in the moonlight when they have that flashback of that yeah. that vision or hallucination or whatever. And it's oh, it's just you know when something just feels good when you watch something, <laughs> and it's it's, just, a, it's, a, it's a good feel time. Yeah, and it's just the you've picked the right song visually, the actors, because you've got all the lights as well, and yeah, just that scene. Just when something this was one of Sam's favorite shows of last year. When something just hits right, that's the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, it, it did stick the landing. It really did. Yeah. Shall we move on from the Umbrella Academy anyway? We can talk about it more when we do an episode on it, because we definitely will. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, the next trailer kind of came out of nowhere for me. An American Pickle. Did you watch this trailer in the end? Uh, I did, yeah. I had, this is <laughs> this. I had no idea where this was going. Like, I thought it was just going to be a film with old Russian Seth Rogen, right? <laughs> but when it takes that turn and he actually preserves himself in pickle pride <laughs> he pickles himself and wakes up a hundred years in the future to find his own great grandson who is also played by seth rogan you can just tell that he he smoked a uh, little bit too much green and then came up with this idea i i watched a video the other day about the genius of seth rogan films and he literally he just nails those films where you're able to just turn your mind off but everything like feels real about it but you're yeah. able to just turn your mind off and enjoy a good time. Like, he is the depiction of what, like, just a good time comedy should be. And I like how it's that kind of uh, living with yourself, Paul Rudd kind of vibe where it's his, you know, he's also his grandson or whatever. Yeah. A great grandson like, or whatever. Yeah, seeing him play off himself. One's like older and he's got like loads of scattered hair and a big bushy beard and then you get like clean shaven younger looking seth rogan who's like trying to get into the tech industry or something like that yeah it seems like it seems like he's kind of doing like what he did with 50 50 as well and uh, trying to have like some sort of heartwarming elements to it like this journey of family and stuff like that but it looks like it's actually gonna he's actually gonna do some real good acting chops in this yeah so, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this. I think it might give me another reason to get HBO Max, to be fair. Yeah, so so this was, like, the the big part of it for me. I think this is the first HBO Max original film we're getting. Obviously, oh. we had the announcement of Justice League, but I think this is the first one being released. It's being released on August 6th. Wow, that's not far off, really. No. 
I, so is HBO Max already a thing? See, we live in the UK and we don't get things like this straight away. We had to wait. A, it, we had to wait like six months for Disney Plus alone, didn't we? So. <laughs> yeah, HBO Max dropped. Um, it came out the same week that the Zack Snyder announcement came out. Neither so all these it. announcements came out with the launch of it, obviously to build hype for it. Uh, they announced it. Um, wow! But, so when you yeah, look so it's at... on there and it's got loads of stuff on there. People are saying it might. It's close to being the best streaming service out there at the moment. When you look, when you Google HBO Max UK, the first line in the Google search is HBO Max probably won't launch in the UK. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Yeah, because H- HBO is just not a thing over here. But because I believe they're owned by Warner Brothers, so they're getting all they've got loads of Warner Brothers properties on there as well, like TV shows and films and stuff like that. So people are saying it's just not a major thing service at the moment. Sounds like we might need a bloody. VPN mm. to sort that out. If anybody wants to sponsor us with a VPN, we will happily provide that service to everybody so that they too can get HBO Max. Very Nord? good. Nord? Anybody? Express? Uh, anybody? Uh, uh, Ola? <laughs> Does anybody still use old school VPNs or is there a popularity <laughs> when it comes to VPNs? <laughs> is there a trend with VPNs? Okay. What Next VPN trailer. do you use? <laughs> I don't use one. I no, should. I feel like I really should. <laughs> but I feel like it would, it would also fuck up with all my work shit as well at the moment. Yeah, like, it's got like a VPN for work. So it's like I see a lot of stuff where it's like, make sure you're not using a VPN. But then everyone's like, use a VPN; it's more secure. <laughs> it's like, oh, who do I believe? <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Next trailer: She dies tomorrow. This seems like a weird sort of introspective psychological thriller film. Um, yeah, I very didn't much really, like I'll be honest, I didn't really like the look of this. Oh, see, I, I like the look of it. I, I feel like it was a weird sort of tone to it, though. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on, whether it was going to lean more into horror or thriller. I couldn't quite figure it out, but it seems like definitely a film that I would like sit in on like a Saturday night and watch this. Yeah, um, I, th- so- I think maybe I'll wait and see what the reviews are like and maybe wait for you to watch it first. Let yeah, you, so it let you seems be it seems like the premise of this is that um, a woman's like early thirties daughter comes back and she's got this premonition that she's going to die. Like in the next day, she she won't reach tomorrow. She says there's no tomorrow for me, um, and it's this like ingrained fear that she has that she's going to die. But this fear becomes contagious. So she spreads it onto her mother, who seems to spread it onto her friends and stuff like that. Ah, and they all have this sort of thing that they're going to die in the next 24 hours. Interesting. That's pretty cool. So they're like trying to prevent their own death or they're constantly expecting their death to come and stuff. Mm. But this gets released in America on July 31st. Um, I'm not sure where it's being released or when it's going to be released in the rest of the world. Um, it might be one of those things where it comes straight to DVD over here or to little independent theatres or something like that once they've all reopened. Yeah, but it, it seems like pretty it. interesting to me. It seems like something I would definitely watch. Well, something that I don't think will be going straight to DVD would be the Aretha Franklin biopic, Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. It feels weird saying Respect. I feel like you just need to say R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I feel like saying Respect just doesn't land the same. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you just... Yeah, I agree. I think it looks pretty good, though. I think, oh. it, it, I, think it, I think it's going to be one of those things. I think it's just going to do well. I think it's, it's going to do really well, especially with Gen- everything that's Jennifer happened Hudson. recently. 
absolutely it's going to do really well. Yeah, so this is coming out prime time. It's coming out at the holiday season. This is a proper, like, take your mums to see this film. It's it, it feels very much in the vein of, like, Dreamgirls and stuff like that. Like, this musical biopic, which is also just phenomenally cast and everything like that. It feels, like, almost elevated from, like... Like, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman kind of had, like, a... Not a homemade vibe to it, but more of like an indie vibe to it. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It just felt a bit more like this, whereas this feels like a major, like cinematic thing. Yeah, like the I, way I it's mean, framed it, and everything. Even casting wise, it's done really well. I mean, it's got you know Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha Franklin, who to oh, be honest, fantastic because she's going to be the one singing as well. So yeah, I mean, to be fair, like we re- like. Really, it was only recently we really lost Aretha Franklin, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It wasn't really that long ago. Yeah. And we got Forrest Whitaker, supporting actor, Mary J. Blige from Umbrella Academy, who plays Charles yeah. in here. Titus Burgess from... I mean, also, um, Mary J. Blige from being Mary J. Blige, not necessarily all from Academy, well, <laughs> Umbrella Academy. You know, but yeah, I, I get a... what you mean. <laughs> and then Titus Burgess from uh, The Unbreakable K- Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, how to say the name? It's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable yeah, I think if if this uh, nails the landing as well as it looks from the trailer, I think this is going to sweep some awards. Yeah, especially for like uh, like um, or the the Golden Globes do it by genre, don't they? So best musical comedy is going to sweep all them. It'll, it'll get best original. Uh, well, not original song because it won't have song, but. You know what I mean? It's going to do so fucking well. Yeah. And Jennifer Wilson's probably going to get a leading actress nomination. If she, if this film lands, then she'll probably get an, a Oscar nod. I stuck the landing on that. Well, she didn't get one for cats. Release the butthole cut. That's all I want to say about cats. God. But yeah, I think you just have to look at Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, and this will do well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, just look at Dream Girls. That's where Jennifer Hudson like hit the limelight, and she was the standout star in that. Mm-hmm. Like that's got Beyonce in, and people only talk about Jennifer Hudson in that film. Yeah, and then we got another look at Halloween Kills. So this was more of the like a news thing versus a trailer because it was only really a quick look at uh, part of the film wasn't it yeah so the trailer picks up where the final frame of the film left off so you've got um laurie strode and her daughter and granddaughter in the back of the pickup truck uh, they've just had this serious fight with mike myers they think they've trapped him in the basement to burn like they think this guy is dead finally once and for all he's done for um but the ambulances, the police service and everything are rushing the other way and you see Laurie Strode freaking out, just like, let him burn, let him burn, let him burn. Like, I'm excited for these films because I love the Halloween films. I even love the really shitty ones. Like, this is a horror franchise that just lands with me. <laughs> um, have to, have so you another... haven't seen the last one, haven't you? No, haven't... you'll have to get another co-host for this. <laughs> so the last one you could actually get away with watching it's not majorly jump scary or anything um it is gritty with some of the things that it shows is pretty pretty snotty but it's not as jump scary um so you could probably get away with it 
Yeah, but I don't. Mind. I thought it was pretty no. good. I don't think it was as good as the original. Everybody kept trying to say, uh, "Is it as good as the original?" It's never going to be as good as the original. The original helped launch the fl- slasher genre. Like, you're just not going to beat it. No. But it was a pretty damn good film. It was better than most of the Halloween films we've had since the original. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for these. But the main news is that it was meant to come out this Halloween. It's being pushed back a whole year, which means the sequel to um, Halloween Kills. So we're getting Halloween, Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends, I think is what it was called. Yeah, they the were last all one named, of the trilogy. like, yeah. Um, is being pushed back to the year after. So, because the film in these two films, um, back to back. So yeah, it's Halloween ends has been pushed back to twenty twenty two now. Mm, it's kind of sad because this film's pretty much finished. Um, but they want to nail obviously that Halloween release date. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And I had like some proper. Obviously, I've not seen the Halloween film, the recent one, but yeah. I had some. I was saying to you, I had some real like it vibes from the beginning of this, and I think that was because of like the the little audio motif you get, which is a bit like the that whole thing where remember from it where it sounds like yeah. a clown noise, and it's like it's like a laughing sound, but really like messed up, and then you've got like the balloons on the fence as well. It was like almost yeah. like a little strange nod to it as well at the same time. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. Um, that was the new version of the Halloween theme, because um, John Carpenter did the score for the last film, and he remade his theme, he did an updated version of it, so that was that version, so it has sort of like that droning sort of sound that you can't quite figure out, like you said at the beginning, then oh, it yeah, cuts yeah. into the... Yeah, it's more like a... I don't know if I can... It's hard to, it's hard to remnant, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool though. Like the music and atmosphere in such a sm- short teaser trailer is pretty cool. Yeah. And then the final shot of the teaser trailer was like Michael like standing there after being burnt. Well, he's not dead so. if there's a new Halloween film. Let's be honest. Well, he's not dead if there's two sequels already planned. <laughs> oh. Like, uh, but you also saw anyway in the end of the last film. Spoilers for anybody that's not seen it. So they leave the house. So you see him. He's trapped at the bottom of the stairs in the basement as it's on fire and he's starting to catch fire. So he's on fire and he's just staring at him, just like dead stare like he always fucking does. So they think, right, he's finally fucking done for. So they leg it out and then after they escape, it cuts back to the same shot of them looking down, well, where they would be looking down into the basement and Mike Myers is gone. He's not there anymore. So everyone was like, oh, he's definitely still alive. And then they announced the two sequels. So, yeah, well, you weren't going to announce them before they released a film, were you? Because that might have been <laughs> a surprise. Yeah. And then what are we wrapping up with? We're wrapping up with... So this was kind of a surprise, kind of not a surprise. So we knew Netflix was working on a new Transformers film. Turns out it's a trilogy of films called uh, Transformers War for Cybertron. Um, the first part of it is called Siege. And it's dropping on July 30th. So July is a big month for Netflix. Um, this is a new sort of 3D, sort of 2D animation style. Uh, they're pitching it as an anime, so it's an Eastern style. But they've got the original Transformer designs from the original cartoon and everything like that. And it seems to be set all on Cybertron. And it's going to be like a major 
war, obviously, as it states in the name, between the Autobots and Decepticons. But it's a three-part film trilogy. Yeah, sound. Sign me up for this. Like, it looks pretty cool from what we've seen. Yeah, I didn't end up. This is the one I didn't end up watching the trailer for, but it actually sounds pretty good. Like, if you fact, if, if you, you like anything to do with the Transformers cartoons growing up, then you'll probably really like this. Yeah, and if you have a Netflix subscription, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, why not? It's on there. You've probably got a Netflix subscription. I'm yeah. psychic. It's going to be better than like the last three Transformers films that you got. Well, I don't know. Bumblebee was all right. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. That's I wasn't classing that. Film. I meant, I, yeah, I meant the main series Transformers. Ah, uh, the Michael yeah, Bumble- Bay. Bumblebee Michael was great. Bay. Yeah, yeah, the Michael Bay ones. Yeah, I'm talking about the Michael Bay ones. I'm talking about Age of Extinction and The Last Night. <laughs> yeah, they were a bit. Uh, yeah, anyway. it was pretty cool finally seeing Dinobots on screen though. Like I remember when we went to see that film. Like I got way too giddy at seeing Dinobots. Like seeing Lockjaw in his. T-Rex form. I was like, yo, that's pretty fucking dope. And then I was like, okay, the rest of this film. I believe <laughs> that was the last Transformers film we went and watched in the cinema. Uh, well, yeah, they only released one after that and we haven't seen it. Uh, I actually owned The Last Night because I was like, it was in an offer or something when I got to HMV, you know, like one of those pick up at the till type things. I was like, fuck it, yeah, I'll pick it up for a couple <laughs> quid and I'll watch it. Okay. It's got Anthony Hopkins in it, can't be that bad. Well, it's apparently a I was wrong. It can't be that <laughs> I was apparently wrong. I haven't seen it yet. Anyway, I saw dragons and knights, and I was like, "Cool." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that wraps it up for this week. So, yep, yeah, uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Get Real Pod, and you can email us at Get Real Pod UK at gmail dot com. Yeah, that's the rest of the email address. <laughs> it's because we get so used to saying like the Twitter at, so we say at at the beginning, so then we say it, and then we forgot to like put the at gmail.com at the end. I think yeah. we always do it. Yeah. We always do it. You put the at in the wrong place. It's silly. Yeah. Email address it's the at that's at the beginning. <laughs> gmail.com at, at getrealpoduk. What? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us. Please, it goes a long way. It gets us up in the leaderboards. We actually ranked, for such a small podcast, like this means a lot to me, that we ranked in the top uh, 160 film and TV podcasts in Israel. It's such a bizarre <laughs> thing, but it still meant a lot to me. Well, I'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, like we're in the top 160 on all of Apple Podcasts. Like that meant a lot to me. That so we thanks, thanks to our humble Israeli fans. <laughs> we are a top 100 podcast. The well, top 200. Top 200 podcast. Yeah, put it on like, a t-shirt. <laughs> the, the hundreds of thousands of podcasts that there are out there. That means something. Yeah, and there was a big influx of podcasts when everything went into lockdown. So yeah, thank you very, very much for supporting us. It means a lot. Yeah. Uh, share us with a friend as much as you can, even if it's just like sharing our latest post to your Instagram story or something like that. It goes a long way to helping us out. But other than that, thank you so much, guys. Um, we are going to bulk record these, so if we miss anything in the next couple episodes, it's because we have to record them beforehand. That's my fault. I'm moving house and going on holiday. So yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, yeah, see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. And just so you know, it's Chris and I aren't moving in together to start a Get Real podcast house, <laughs> just in case you're wondering. That'd that be would a, be pretty cool, though. That would be a weird fan fiction. Weird. <laughs> You've said fan fiction, now people are going to write it. No. <laughs>